he had picked me up and tossed me on the ground and had me pinned and was over me. And Juliet came and she bit his neck. Like she lunged. She, yeah, she lunged at him. She grabbed his neck, opened her mouth back up and then backed away from him. Like a warning. Yeah. Until he like looked at her and he said, you need to get off me. Otherwise she's Mm going to wreck your whole world. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you a secret? I'm listening. We don't know what the hell we're doing. Welcome to Flick the Bean Podcast. What's going on, guys? I don't get you women. (laughs) Cue the intro. Cue the intro. So... Welcome back, Lauren. Hello, thank you. This is It's Like the Bean Podcast, and this is the Tiffany Vega here with Lauren. Nice to talk to you guys again. And Juliet is here, her dog. Um, the third microphone is there, so she can bark whenever she wants or <laughs> lay in my lap as such. But we were actually supposed to record this episode yesterday. You can't wag your tail. No. You're too excited. She said I'm such a happy puppy. I'm going to sneeze now. Are you All right, allergic you ready? to dogs? No. Oh. My allergies, though, this past week have been awful. Okay. What was I saying? I was saying that we were supposed to record yesterday. Uh, you said you got off work at 1030. So originally you're going to meet me at my house and we were going to record. And then um, then I, did I send you the photo? Of, I sent you the photo of what happened, right? Um, I saw the video on your Snapchat story, oh, and right. I messaged and I messaged you, and I was like, uh, "What happened?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was um, being a stubborn, being the stubborn person that I am. I really want a bar type table to go perpendicular to my my uh, the bar that I have in my apartment. And all the ones I was looking at ranged between $300 and $400 for the ones that I wanted. And I also wanted to make, I also wanted this coffee mug rack to put my coffee mugs on. And it has like shelves on top of the hooks. Uh, Those also ranged between like $70 and $150. So my my thought process was that I can build one by myself (laughs) for cheaper for like half the cost. And it was going really well, and and I uh, recruited my friend to help me, and he was trying to screw, drill a screw into wood, and I was holding the wood, and he, he, the drill bounced off the screw and hit my finger. Oh, God. So that's what happened. And it felt like a pinch, but it was fine. It, like, whipped my hand away, and then when I looked at my finger, the drill, it was a flathead bit, it tore up my nail yeah on your snapchat story your nail definitely was like frayed in like three different pieces yeah going all opposite directions yeah so and it started bleeding everywhere um it hurt really bad i got lightheaded i i did the same thing to myself four months ago i think six months ago um except not to that extent so how my finger looks is yeah Half of half of my fingernail was, yeah, frayed and torn up, and it was bleeding out. And you can see my nail bed underneath it. 
Um, uh, but what I did six months ago, I actually like, I shook hands with a door. That's, that's, <laughs> I meant to open the door, you know, using a doorknob like you're supposed to. Yeah. But I missed the doorknob and I put my hand right into the door and I stubbed it. And when I came back, half my nail was broken half. So it's like I can bend it and then see my nail bed underneath it. Oh, gross. Yeah, yeah. So I've been having a rough time with my nails. I had to go to the hospital and get it rem- the all the pieces removed. I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't all jagged and, like, some parts were twisted upside down. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly looking. Yeah. I was trying not to tell anybody, um, well, my parents, but I get to the hospital and I'm under my stepdad's insurance. So they're like, oh, what's his birthday? What's his social security number? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. my. I, I, I'm not even close to my stepdad, so I had to call my mom. I was just like, hey, what's Justin's social security number? And she's like, why? I'm like, oh, I just hurt my finger a little bit. I gotta, I'm at the hospital right now. And you should never tell your mom you're at the hospital. Because they, they go into, you know, mama bear mode. But... Yeah, I was there for like two and a half hours, I think, just for a nail. Yeah, something crazy. Yeah, they did. ERs are typically pretty slow, though, if it you're not emergent. They did uh, an X-ray on my finger, which I felt like was unnecessary. And yeah, yeah. They're like, we're gonna get an X-ray just in case. I'm like, it's my nail. Like, I know you. Okay, that just wasted an extra like hour of my time but thank you and like an extra three hundred dollars yeah well when we pulled in um i don't know why i got urgent care and emergency rooms mixed up i i would have gone to the urgent care because it's a minor it's nothing crazy although urgent care is typically they can like look at your finger and be like your toe's broken (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's the diagnosis they usually provide um but, no, I, I was really pissed at the person who drove me there, a.k.a. the person who um, fucked up your finger. Fucked up my finger. Because <laughs> I realized, I'm like, no, we're at the emergency center. This is going to cost me a lot of money. And he's like, no, it's fine. And I'm like, no. I like I know the difference between the copay for urgent care and the copay for... I know it's different for everybody, but for my insurance anyways, it's... um like triple the price yeah and it was triple the price um so this project of mine building a table for cheaper than buying it is now probably the same place uh same price because you know add my medical expenses in there plus the materials needed to build it (laughs) (laughs) equals i could have just bought a table (laughs) so but are you getting anywhere with said table and coffee mug rack it's gonna look really cool so I'm using industrial pipe you know, oh, okay. that you screw together, and that's going to be the, the frame for the coffee mug rack. And then the table, um, it's going to be pretty consist of two, uh, it's like two feet by five feet boards of wood. Um, it's going to end up going in like an L-shaped. Oh, okay. L-shaped kind of thing, because... How I want it to go is I have my my bar, the one part part against the exposed brick wall perpendicular to the bar, and then the that my couch is gonna it's go the how do I explain this the L shape portion 
of the table is going to go against the back of my couch. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's going to be cool once I build it. Um, I was just trying to get, uh, you know, I was just trying to get the wood ready for the, well, I was just building the coffee rack when this happened. The table, I've only, I don't even have the legs yet. I've just been staining it. What color stain are you doing? I don't know. It's like a dark brown, red, reddish brown. I don't know colors. It's been a struggle because I don't know how to do anything. The people at the hospital are like, oh, you're pretty handy because I was telling them what I was building and stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I know what I'm doing. I do this all the time. I do it all the time. No. But like, look at my finger. Yeah, but look at my finger. <laughs> no, no, I said, I said, so, you know, I'm, I'm pretty handy, but you know, it was my friend that was screwing the screw in. So that just goes to show you shouldn't trust anyone. <laughs> they laughed at that. Um, because I don't think I would have drilled my own finger, but that's okay. I realize that I make projects more complicated than need be, as my, uh, you know, my bidet story. Yes. Uh, that's still ongoing. I have not successfully installed my bidet, which these things are supposed to be very easy to install. And it's only because I can't remove my seat, my toilet lid. My Daddy, toilet seat. why don't you just... <laughs> call somebody to install it i don't want to because <laughs> i've already destroyed it and they'll think that i'm a fucking idiot because <laughs> i i know i am but i don't want other people to know <laughs> yeah um i did run into the maintenance guy too uh he i was trying to unload boxes out of my car and bring them in, i was bringing them into my apartment and this one really heavy one was just like too big for me to carry so I plopped it on the ground and I was rolling it and the maintenance guy I didn't know who he was at the time but he kind of pulled it up and his ruggedy truck came out and he has like this Russian accent that's like, kind of cool I know he's like this just like burly looking man he's just like you need help I'm like yeah I guess so <laughs> and in that period of time I should have been like hey I need something installed in my house. Can you do it for me? Don't pay attention to um, what I burnt off on the toilet seat. And don't pay attention to the cracked bits and pieces of my toilet seat that are all over the place. Just do what I ask. But I didn't do that because I'm determined to do it by myself. I'm going to. So, okay. I listened to the podcast about the bidet. But I'm... Still confused. Like, so you're trying to get the bidet toilet seat off or you're trying to get your regular toilet seat off? Okay, so I'm trying to install... I'm trying to put the bidet in. It's the way this works, this particular bidet, is it goes underneath your toilet seat. So it's not the toilet seat itself. You can buy bidets like that, but I, I didn't know if I'd like a bidet, so I bought a cheaper one. I got it all hooked up, like the hoses and stuff. All I had to do, easiest part, was remove the toilet seat. Huh. I go to do that, and I realize that it's an industrial, a commercial toilet seat. So, um, it doesn't the caps on top of the toilet seat. There's no caps. You have to remove it from the underneath. But the bolts underneath were like, I don't know. It's, it's are they like rusted out? No, or it's like... brand new. It was just oh. whoever installed it was the strongest man on earth, and tightened those motherfuckers, um, real tight. And 
me being a weak girl, I couldn't get it off. So yeah, I thought just I could call your landlord and be like, um, whoever installed this industrial fucking toilet seat, um, can they please just come remove the bolts a little? Just, just loosen them. Um, too late now because they're melted to the, to the screw. Um, so my my thought process then was cut the screws off. So I've been looking for like a bolt cutter or something to cut the screws off, and that is the solution. I already bought a new toilet seat. Like, I don't care if I smash this one to bits, because once I get that toilet seat off, I set the bidet on there, and then the holes, there's holes on the bidet that you can put the screws through that, and it'll go through the toilet, like, so it'll clamp down on the bidet. And the toilet seats in my house don't have lids, so I bought one with a lid. It's weird. That's weird. That is weird. That's almost like a public restroom, and that's awkward. Yeah, it is. Um, The seat, you don't realize it. But the seat gets, like, dirty fast when you don't have a lid. And the sense of dust. Yeah. And if you're doing anything, if you do your makeup or your hair in the bathroom, um, then it all just floats down on the I toilet know, seat. I know, like, mine, because it's just me that lives in my apartment. I nine times out of ten leave the toilet seat up, unless I'm getting in the shower, because for whatever reason, when the toilet seat's up when I'm in the shower, I just feel like that's dirty. It <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense, but okay. No, none at all, but I don't know. It just makes me feel dirty. And so I only, like, actually really close the lid on my toilet seat when I am in the shower, but I just know, like, from having Juliet mm-hmm. and like she's allowed up on my furniture and everything therefore her hair like gets on my clothes and stuff too I know like obviously you don't pee through your pants so like when you pull your pants down and everything mm-hmm. and then I get back up there's like dog hair all over my toilet seat and then I just like casually like brush it onto yeah. my floor like I'll sweep this on the weekend when yeah. I clean that's like the purpose of the toilet seats I get I mean that and I don't know science shows that when you flush the toilet all the poop particles spread everywhere so if you didn't know that, now you do. Um, that's why my roommate wanted a toilet seat. I wasn't as concerned because, yes, while that's true, we probably expose ourselves to poop particles everywhere we go, especially public restrooms in general. Even on money. Yeah, money too. There's supposed to be a ridiculous amount, right? Yeah. Like dirtier than a toilet seat. Well, that's gross. And our cell phones. Yeah, because, I mean, nine times out of ten, you have your, you, cell, phone you have your cell phone in hand when, when you're pooping. You know what's so gross? Like, men that are fondling their balls and their penises while they're taking a piss. Like, one hand has their, their dick and the other hand has their phone and they're just, like, looking at it. And then they, like, finish up and then they touch their phone with the other hand, too. Yeah. Before they wash their hands. Yeah. it's I get weirded out by that. Before this corona stuff, I thought about that. Now, since we're in the midst of it everything everything i touch i think about that fucking rona ruining lives of millions honestly i wipe my phone down with antibacterial wipes all the time i wipe my phone down with the alcohol swabs at work (laughs) um i don't even bring it into the stores anymore i just like break down the list of stuff i need and i like i have a system in place for when i go to a grocery store and then i have a system for getting my groceries into the house i have like steps of Okay, remove it from the bag, wipe it down, then bring it into the house. Um, I've gone a little bit extreme. I've laxed a little bit, but the problem is that our area wasn't hit by it at all, like, for the most part. Yeah, not really. I mean, working at the hospital, um, I mean, I definitely... 
I don't have, like, access to the results, obviously, but, like, it seems like we're constantly getting corona tests, like, on hundreds and thousands of people, like, a day, it seems. I mean, obviously, like I said, not everybody comes back positive, not everybody comes back negative. I don't have access to the results and everything, but um, it seems like they're constant. They're testing everyone for Rona, like everyone. Mm -hmm. I think I was just looking at the stats. Um, I want to say Trumbull County, I can't remember, even though I was just looking at it, has like 450 cases and only like 40 deaths. Yeah. Um, the world, though, I'm pretty sure is pretty um, pretty high. I was just looking at that, too. I mean, we're like 500,000 away from 2 million cases, and then we're at like almost 90,000 deaths. But um, I'm pretty sure it's like the ratio is um, case-wise, I think it's like 5,000 cases for every million people. So it's really not that big. Yeah, not, not it's not really that big, but like I see on your little thing, New York City, mm-hmm. they got hit so in, hard. Yeah, New York City and New Jersey. Yeah, so I like, I'm really big into makeup. So one of the beauty vloggers that I watch is from Jersey and she mm-hmm. lives like an hour outside of the city. Um, New York City, and then, but she's still, like, in New Jersey and everything, and she, like, won't even let her parents leave their house, like, that she does, like, all the grocery shopping for them and Mm -hmm. everything, but she's, like, all they've been doing is, like, walking and everything, and she said, I get that I stay at home, like, for my job, but the fact that I can't go anywhere else is just driving me crazy. Yeah, I... It's real. I don't know. I have the mentality of I'm ready to bear down and really attack like Corona, doing my part and being safe and staying at home. But because no one in this area feels that way, I've found myself just struggling to do that in general. I've obviously, I've stopped quarantining myself and staying at home. I mean, I'm seeing you. People come over to my house. I go to stores all the time. Um, I still wear masks and in grocery stores and I know that doesn't prevent you from getting it but if I ever get it I, I want to play my part in not trying to spread it spread it yeah yeah um I know there's the case going around between like the economic struggles whether that exceeds the deaths and um like suicide rates and stuff like that do you know anything about that no I haven't really heard anything about that um I know one of the cases people are arguing for opening the the economy back up is that people the suicide rate will go up um and that is obviously one of the cases and then just generally the economy crashing and people like losing their jobs um losing money committing suicide from that and um i don't know just not being able to feed your families after a while yeah that's definitely like disheartening and everything and i think this Friday, they're actually voting for, like, that second round of stimulus check. Oh, really? I believe so. I think it's this Friday that they're voting to see if there's a second stimulus check going around. And then something about hazard pays for, like, hospital workers and, like, first responders, like, EMTs and everything like that. For, like, it's, like, a 
making a $13 an hour on top of an extra $13 an hour on top of what you already make. So that'd be you too. Yeah. So that would be me. Yeah. Like it sucks in general overall. Um, the reason why you, you would be getting that, but, um, you guys deserve it. I mean, you're putting your families at risk potentially. Yeah. It's definitely frustrating, like seeing people like thinking that it's fake and, Everything like that, because I work in a hospital, mm-hmm. I can clearly tell you that it's not fake. Um, but as far as, like, mask hand sanitizer and everything, I mean, my hands are the driest and the most cracked that they've ever mm-hmm. been in my entire mm-hmm. life. Because if I'm not constantly washing my hands, I'm sanitizing them in between every patient. Um, at the hospital that I worked at, we are fortunate enough that... Um, down in the lab, we don't have to draw the Rona patients. Um, it was left up to the nurses, which that definitely sucks for them. But I am mm-hmm. very thankful in the aspect that the hospital was smart enough to think that they need to cut down the exposure for Good. yeah, like hospital workers getting exposed to Rona. Yeah, there's no point in unnecessarily exposing more hospital workers than need be. Um, I don't know. This is, this is all pretty nuts. We're going to see. I mean, I'm unemployed right now. I think I've explained it already on the podcast, but I literally chose to move to Columbus weeks before this stuff happened. So I signed my lease to the apartment for a year long lease, told both my jobs, I'm moving to Columbus. Like this is kind of my notice was kind of in contact with jobs in Columbus, but they were gyms. And uh, gyms were really impacted by this because immediately shut down. And I think, well, now we just got the news that they're opening up the 26th. But who, I probably don't have a job because the, the likelihood of them being like, hey, we lost all, this, all these months of pay, not pay, um, income and uh, revenue and all that kind of stuff. We're going to hold back on hiring you. So I'll probably continue being unemployed for a while. Yeah, that- Bless you. Hi, Juliet. <laughs> um, yeah, that definitely sucks. And it's probably going to look like Black Friday on May 26th when the gyms open back up. I, um, yeah. I mean, all my really close friends are my co were my coworkers at the gym, so I want them to keep me updated. It's just going to be really, really hard. It's going to be like haircuts. Like, everyone's going to want to go to the gym, but only so many people are going to be allowed in there. At a time. And then people will be pissed waiting in their cars to work out while, like, uh, I don't know, Joe Smith in there is taking an extra long time sitting on the bench on his phone. Right, yeah. (laughs) Um, It's going to be interesting. And then the economic effects down the road are going to be something else as well. But I feel like I'm just not really personally, other than not having a job, I don't feel like I'm personally impacted by this and I feel grateful for that but I also just feel like I'm being a little like ignorant ignorance is bliss see like I I sat down and thought about that for like such a long time um before I had made the decision to start hanging out with people Mm -hmm. um really the only people I hang out with are in the healthcare field Mm -hmm. or like you which I've like already been around and everything and Um, so, like, I'm not hanging out with anybody who hasn't been exposed to 
anything already like but for the longest time like when it was really really coming to a head I was in Georgia like the day before the day after I left for Georgia to go visit um my friends down there that's when shit really hit the fan was the day after I left so I was so worried about grocery shopping when I come back Mm -hmm. because I obviously knew that I was going to be gone for a week so I purposely let myself run out of groceries Mm -hmm. So I didn't come back to Rotten Food or anything like that. And oh my gosh. So I had stopped because like West Virginia was one of like the only case, one of the only states in the world that didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. So I stopped in West Virginia at a Walmart close to the um, Ohio border because how I go to Georgia is through Ohio through like a teeny tiny part of Pennsylvania then right through directly through West Virginia yeah and so I stopped at a Walmart in West Virginia and they were like completely like cleared out and I asked one of the workers and I was like you guys don't have any cases like how did this happen and they said people from Ohio and Pennsylvania and like the surrounding states have come here for like their groceries because we don't have any cases people are so ignorant right i just the first i i mean i've said this before i was in nashville and florida when this was really coming to head um but when i was in nashville we weren't necessarily sure yet how bad it was and we went to the grocery store right as the stay-at-home policies were being put in place and i was on my period and i had ran out of tampons. So the f- the first instance of me being like, oh shit, this is serious, is when I went to the grocery store to get more tampons. And it all everything was wiped out, like tampons and pad-wise. You know, speaking of tampons and pad-wise, I'm wondering if you've ever actually looked into this because I've been looking into them and a girl that I work with has recommended them to me is those period cups like the big one the diva cup thing yes Mm -hmm. and she said that she hasn't bought tampons in over two years and they're reusable cups like you just wash Mm -hmm. them out which yeah that's kind of gross but i mean i guess if you blood whatever yeah but it's our blood yeah and if you take it out and just like throw it in the shower with you like on the floor Mm -hmm. like you're not really touching it and it's getting clean i've looked into those um i've just never bought one i don't i i will like get really in-depth into researching them and then I'll forget about them for about a year. Now that you've mentioned it though, I'm going to go home and research them again and eventually I'll actually buy one. Yeah, she said that she bought a pack of two. There's like an extra large one for, or not an extra large, but there's a larger one for like when your flow is like really heavy and then there's Mm -hmm. like a smaller like normal sized one for like when your flow is just like super light and everything, but you can wear them for 12 hours and then they're reusable, but like the pack of two dollars she said was like 40 bucks i in the long run that saves you so much money yeah and it also it cuts down on so much waste Mm -hmm. like plastic healthy environment yes healthy environment um i'll definitely look into that i just the mechanics of taking it out how do you do that so i it's like a flexible like cup also you can have sex with them i don't believe that you can how because it's like um it's not like a hard cup like the it's like a not mesh but it's like a the cut the part that like captures your blood is like is like movable Uh. so like 
when the penis is inserting into your vagina, it's just pushing that upwards. So that makes it harder to take out, though, right? No, because it'll flow back down. That's weird. Yeah, but you can have sex with them, I asked. Because you can have mess-free period sex because it's still contain Because it doesn't um, go, like, just in your vaginal, like, canal. Like, it actually goes up a little bit further to where your vagina widens a little mm-hmm. bit. So, and that's where, like, the cup, like, expands. But basically, you just squeeze it and put it in, like, a tampon, and then you just situate it into, like, that widest part of your vagina. So, your vaginal canal is actually open, which is how you can have sex with it in. Interesting. Gosh, I'm probably going to end up buying. Me too. I need to stop spending money. Because, I mean, most women that I've talked to... Are you or are you not way hornier on your period than you ever are any other time of the month? It was always an indicator. Back when I didn't frequently masturbate, every so often I'd get the urge to and I'd, then I would masturbate. And then the next day, every time I'd start my period. So for me, it's like right before and a little bit in the beginning is when I'm horniest. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm always like I'm so horny on my period like 24-7. Um, it's not me. I'm not, I'm always, um, never against period sex, but I've just never preferred it. I have only ever done it one time and it was the grossest, nastiest thing I've ever experienced in my whole life. Well, do you have a heavy flow? Not usually, but I think I, because my periods are super irregular, Mm -hmm. so it was, I hadn't had one, I think, in like seven months at that point in time, so it was like, not super heavy, but it was like, not normal, if that makes sense, but I wouldn't classify it as heavy. Um, I've been blessed to not have heavy periods. Uh, I've never... Well, typically when I was when I was on the pill, my periods would last three days. It would be like first day kind of spotting, you start your period, second day, okay, consistent flow, third day, it tapered off. Um, then I got my IUD and that oh, that was rough for the longest time. Do you the IUD that you know goes into your cervix? Yeah. Um, the doctor had warned me that weird stuff would come out of my vagina, but I didn't believe him until. It, like, monsters came out of my vagina (laughs) constantly for, like, four months. My best friend that I have here in Ohio has an IUD, and she said the same thing. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, she said, like, she, like, couldn't stop having a period for, like, Mm -hmm. four to five months. Mm -hmm. Now I've had it for a little over a year, and I finally, it's finally consistent period each month. Even, well, it's finally gotten to the point where I was having really heavy periods for at least, like, five or five or six months. Now, I'm back to, it's not as short as it used to be on the pill, but I'm about four-day periods now, five days max. Um, love them. I love my IUD. <laughs> She's my best friend. <laughs> She's my bestie. It's just so convenient. I was always really good at taking the pill, but now I literally just don't have to think about it ever. And, um... Yeah. Now, though, unfortunately, I just have less or safe sex than <laughs> than when I was on the pill because I didn't trust myself taking the pill at the same time every day. 
Um, now I'm just hoping that the IUD is still in me because no no pregnancies are allowed during corona season. <laughs> no, no, no. I saw somebody's um, pregnancy announcement, and it was like, we did not listen to the six feet rule. And it, it was like their pregnancy announcement, and it was like baby whatever their last name was coming in twenty in December 2020. And I thought that was, like, kind of cute, but at the same time, like... Corny. Yeah. It was super cute and, like, very funny, but you could not pay me enough to have a baby. <laughs> Especially during Roma. I love... You cannot pay me enough to have a baby. You can... <laughs> until five years from now, and I see on your Facebook, a baby expected February 20, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, like, I want kids eventually, but... Right now? No. Um, I actually have to find somebody I like enough to have said baby. Well, yes, I would hope so. I don't understand people that just kind of settle to have a kid and have family, to have a family. Like, you're going to eventually get a divorce and then cause just heartbreak and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I've always been... I don't know. Are your parents together? My parents? Yeah. No. So my parents actually decided that they didn't like each other and uh, <laughs> uh, a year after I was born. So I was a year old when uh, my mother filed for divorce from my father. My my parents never got married, actually. they, My dad impregnated my mother when she was 19. They were both 19. Um, were never married and were... Like, together and apart together and apart my entire childhood up until childhood up until my junior year of high school um then they finally split up permanently my dad randomly married this woman who is awful i hope she never hears this but you're awful um <laughs> i remember you telling me about yeah her. they were married in secret for a year without me knowing I found out through my friend who said it to me. We were running together, like, my senior year of high uh, Something like that. Junior, senior. Uh, so, I guess it was sophomore year when they met. But um, they, they, my friend's mom works for the government. And I, I guess she snoops on people, which I don't think you're allowed to do. Yeah, definitely not. Um, <laughs> but she told, the mom found that out and then told my friend and... It's Katie, the girl that I was just talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah, her. Um, Then she told me, and I was like, what? (laughs) They're not married. And she's like, yes, they are. So I immediately went to my dad's house after that and was like, what the fuck? What the the actual fuck? You got married to this random girl you barely know? (laughs) Like, a year ago, you had known each other for, like, three months. And then my mom got married, like, two years after that. Um, But they're all still happily married to some extent both sets of parents (laughs) my um my mother married my god awful stepfather Mm -hmm. um when I was seven uh they met when I was five um and then they got married when I was seven they are still happily I use happily loosely because I'm pretty sure my mother's only happy with him for his money Mm. um they're still happily married um so, and I'm 22 now. I just turned 22 in January. Mm-hmm. Their anniversary, I think, was May 13th. I'm not sure. Maybe May 19th. I don't know. I don't remember their anniversary. May it's, 13th. It's either May 13th, May 15th, or May 19th. Don't ask me because I don't <laughs> talk to either of them. Oh, man. 
uh, <laughs> I just I love the dynamic of people that don't have good relationship with their parents not that I say love it it's just how they are raised in their their views and opinions on and perspective on life is completely different than people whose parents are still together I'm literally my dad's child like through and through like my dad's still single and like rocking it rocking it like totally like my dad's just like an ex-marine badass Harley biker like the way he works um because he works for a copper mine in New Mexico and like the way his work schedule goes is he works so many days on and then has x amount of days off but he'll work for so many days on and then he has like a consecutive like full seven days off Mm -hmm. so he'll literally just pack up a suitcase throw it on the back of his motorcycle and just go that's awesome and that is like the the level of like I don't give a shit I aspire to be (laughs) because like yeah he has a girlfriend and everything but she straight up told him like I know I'm just a stop in your life um and one day you're just gonna get up on your motorcycle and I'm never gonna hear from you or see you again and I think my dad just has like a very fuck it attitude towards um relationships just because like he had the love of his life Mm -hmm. and she walked away from him and I think it's something that he's still like very much so accepting um the how do I say this people the ties people build with other people have always intrigued me I've always been a be independent, don't depend on other people kind of person. Um, so same thing goes with relationships. And I'm la- my family's that way. My family raised me to be, you take care of yourself, don't rely on other people. But my, al- my family also raised me to be, don't show your emotions and all that kind of stuff. So I find that I'm a jackass a lot of the time and I don't mean same. to be. And I'm also a huge jackass to people who's parents are still together and they provided their kid with everything they wanted they bought them their car on their 16th birthday they pay for their college they like i don't know buy everything for them and um i find myself being really kind of rude to those kind of people which is not a good um trait whatsoever but i don't know i'm working on that yeah i definitely like because my dad and who I call my real mother by her first name nine times out of ten. Hmm. I don't call her mom. Like, very mm-hmm. rarely will you hear me talk about, like, my mother and call her mom. My, my mom mm-hmm. or mom. So, my dad, when he – so, my parents' divorce was finalized when I was a year and a half, two years mm-hmm. old. It was – they had a dissolution, basically. So, they agreed on everything. So, it was super quick and easy. But when I was two, my dad had met this woman, and she they were together until I was 16 years old. So they were together for 14 years. She helped raise me um, alongside with my dad and everything like that when I was over at his house, and I'm actually very close to her. And that's when you hear me talk about, oh, my mom, I'm mm-hmm. talking about referring to her. Technically, your stepmom. Yeah, yeah, basically. Her and my dad uh, never got married, mm-hmm. so they were just together for 14 years, just... Which I can... Live in La Vida Loca. I can support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marriage is overrated. Um, people get married too quickly. For me being 
uh, I've only been grad. I've only I graduated high school three years ago now. The amount of people I know that graduated with me that are now married and have or have kids is crazy to me. Like, yeah, you're... I think like half my because I graduated four years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, May nineteenth will actually be four years since I graduated high school. Today was today's my. Um, I just saw it on my Snap story, the memory of my graduation three years ago. Yeah, to, to, uh, tomorrow will be my four-year oh, graduation. I guess it is tomorrow. Okay. And um, so, like, the amount, like, half my class has children or is married. Like, my best friend's married. Mm-hmm. Well, both my best friends are married. Um, so, but they all were in relationships with that person for two plus years mm-hmm. prior to getting married so um but also like I I definitely can say like I mean I definitely want to get married but I definitely agree with that it can be overrated sometimes because mm-hmm. like my brother he met this girl at um a bar and he actually got her kicked out for underage drinking because um, she was annoying him. Oh. And that literally just sparked their relationship. And one day my brother just called my dad and said, oh, um, so I got married yesterday. You're kidding me. Yeah. So they were together for a couple of months, but I mean, their 10 year anniversary is coming up in June. I can support those. Those, those stories always amaze me. Um, I've always, I just picture myself as being the person who dates the same person for more than five years before getting married. I just, I've always been the person that's like, why why not play it safe? What is the pressure of you're together for two years and girls like spaz out that they don't have a ring Mm -hmm. on their finger? Mm -hmm. Like that's forever. The best, I don't know if I've said this, but the I, in my last apartment that I lived in, I didn't have a washer and dryer, so I'd go to the laundromat across the street, and a lot of people, like, judged me for that. I don't, like, friends of mine, I'm like, why? I love the laundromat, because you sit there, and you, people watch. So I was, um, I was at the laundromat, and I was listening to these two older women talk, and the one said, and I'll never forget this quote, the one said, you know, when you get married, you think it's forever, and then one day you wake up and your four husbands down. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never, I've never forgotten that because while four husbands is a lot, it's true though. Like when you get married, you do think it's forever, and uh, then one day you'll find yourself like on your second husband. It just yeah. happens like that, and that's I'm just why put yourself through that when if you're happy with the person. Be happy with them for as long as you can. And when you have gone through everything with them, gone through a family member dying, gone through, like, income loss, gone through plenty of arguments. Juliet's growling over there if you heard that. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think you need to live through a lot of stuff before you decide to put put a ring on it. (laughs) Yeah. I obviously work at a hospital. Um, I'm a phlebotomist. So we draw the nursing homes that um, said hospital owns mm-hmm. around the area. So there was a resident, um, I think, I believe it was Saturday when I, because it was my weekend to work 
uh, this past weekend. So there was a resident that needed drawn and they called and said, Hey, like we need somebody. I don't think you got the orders for said patient. Um, so I went, um, and drew said patient and she hasn't been doing so hot lately, but on Saturday she actually was talking to me and I could understand her very clearly. Like she wasn't basically just comatose in her bed. Mm -hmm. So she had asked me, I, she knows me. I draw her like all the time. Um, so she had asked me and she said, are you married? And I said, no. And she said, listen to my advice and take it. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. And this patient has pictures of her and her husband for years and years and years plastering her walls in her bedroom at the home. And it's the cutest thing. And she said, you know, sometimes you don't get it right on the first try. And that's okay. She said, it took me two tries. She said, I never married any of them. She said, and I canceled two weddings. Wow. Um, but then I met her, my husband, and I finally got it right, and I spent our forever together with him. That's and it, so cute. I literally went to my car and thought about what she said to me, and I just started bawling because it was the cutest little mm-hmm. thing. And she, like, told me, she's like, you're so pretty, and, like, you'll find somebody. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> aw, thank you. <laughs> I love old people wisdom. Me too. Um, I know we were talking about uh, sex earlier, so I want to pivot this conversation to... You're on antidepressants, right? So I was. You... I stopped taking them. Okay. Um, I know there's research out there, and a lot of people can agree that when they go on an antidepressant, their libido just, like, drops, or it becomes harder to, yeah, want to have sex, aka libido, or uh, keep their arousal, or have an orgasm, do you, did you have those experiences? So, I am a manic bipolar, and I have anxiety and PTSD, so I was on bipolar medications, but bipolar medications are, like, basically, they like help target with your depressive episodes too but they basically do the same thing of like boosting your serotonin but Mm -hmm. just like maintaining it at a normal level so you don't because like when you're bipolar your serotonin level like skyrockets and then drops and then drops like at drastic rates I mean it's not like at the drop of a hat like you know movies Mm -hmm. make bipolar seem um so I was on Two, to manage my bipolar. One, for my anxiety and just therapy for my PTSD. So I was on the one two times a day for my bipolar and my anxiety medicine. I was on two times a day. And then I took my one medicine at night because it made me so sleepy. So I definitely experienced like the at nighttime more so. Like, I was so tired. Like, I couldn't do anything. I never wanted to do anything. And then if I did have sex, like, at night, um, I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't. Like, there was there was nothing for me. Mm-hmm. I had no drive, no arousal, no anything. Like, it was basically, like, 
trying to like shove sandpaper in my vagina (laughs) at that point in time because like I could not get wet because I just I didn't want to like I wanted to but I just I didn't want to. Is it was it the feeling of your mind wanted to but your body just wouldn't allow you? Yeah basically. Um I know that was one of the possible solutions is timing when you had sex so in your case nighttime was a bad time which sucks because that's typically when you know people have sex and that's typically when men are like hey babe hey, babe, morning, let's yeah. do this. Yeah. And then, yeah, you'd have to have it earlier in the day. Um, how long did that go on for? So I I lived with my ex. So we lived together after, like, three months of being together. And I had actually lived in Columbus when we started our relationship. And then I would just come home every weekend and go to school Monday through Friday. So... I mean, we lived together, so, and he also worked midnight, so there wasn't, like, I'd never really had an issue with timing, because it would be, like, morning when he came home, or, like, in the middle of the day when he woke up, and so, like, the timing was never really an issue, but... It could have been if you were... It could Mm -hmm. have been, like, if our schedules didn't, like, pan out the way Mm -hmm. that they did. So, that's good. That's good. Um... I mean, I've never been on antidepressants. I know um, some of our mutual friends is, are on antidepressants. And as a man, he's talked about the struggle. And typically, men on antidepressants produce, like, or develop erectile dysfunction. It's your tummy growling. Yes, it, it did. My, my, well, this is totally off topic. My digestive tract is the loudest. It's the worst <laughs> thing in the world trying to sit in a quiet room and it always happens when I'm taking an exam during school it decides to di- digest whatever I had eaten prior or when I'm laying down and like anywhere if I lay down in bed or on my couch I have to warn people when I'm around them so I feel ya but as I was saying um for men I don't know like the struggle of not being able to have sex almost like counteracts not counteracts but uh, I mean being depressed is obviously like a mental um yeah mental disorder or whatever the proper terminology is and studies have shown that sex um increases mental health so it's like a weird yeah it counteracts each other a little bit and also like you are so unbelievably i mean i personally i don't think i have the right medications on board Mm -hmm. um but I didn't feel anything. Like, I was so unbelievably numb to, like, the most basic emotions of foggy? life. Were you foggy? No. I was just uh-uh. so, like, stone-faced. Like, literally the only emotions I felt were, like, sadness and anger. And, like, I felt, like, fake happiness, I guess you could say. Like, I could, like, trick myself into thinking I was happy. So this happy. is when you were on the yeah. medication. So... They just, I don't think I had, like, the right combination. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, a big part of it had to do, like, with when I was in therapy, I would only talk about, like, my surface problems. I couldn't, like, really dive deep into, like, why I was the way that I was. I know why I was the way that I was. I just wasn't ready to, guess. I guess, talk, talk about it, mm-hmm. like, in depth and fix myself. Mm-hmm. So, 
I just was so unbelievably numb. Like, your just lack of compassion, empathy, sympathy, just everything, like, a basic human has, like, I I lacked. Like, I could only feel, like, my fake happiness, my anger, and sadness. Uh, what advice would you give to people like, that are experiencing the same thing, I guess? Definitely fight for what you know is right because, like, I previously mentioned I'm a phlebotomist I I tell people all the time you know your body better than I do Mm -hmm. um and everybody like mental health wise um you know whether because you're going to a psychiatrist or therapist or whatever you know your body and your mind more so than the therapist or the psychiatrist does and also you have to be completely an open book and 100% honest with them to make them know what they're working with. Yeah, communication is key, really. Also, one thing that I didn't like is because I got diagnosed when I was 17. Mm-hmm. So the I had to see a child psychiatrist at first. So I the child psychiatrist, she found out that my mother was bipolar. And because they obviously ask family history and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And my mother had to sit in the room with me during, like, my diagnosis and everything like that because I was a minor. So it was almost like the psychiatrist had found out that my mother was bipolar. And she put me on the exact medication regimen that my mother was on. So that was probably the wrong move instead of tailoring it to you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Do Julie? Yes, she's joining us. Um, what what caused you to go see a child psychiatrist? So I I had gone through some things and I got diagnosed with um, depression when I was fourteen. Um, and I was on a depression medication, the lowest dose, and it just kept having to get upped and upped and upped and upped by my doctor because every time I would go see them they're like well how are you feeling and I'd be like oh well I'm still feeling this type of way and so they would just up it until they couldn't until I was on the highest dose and then so I was taking that for quite some time and then like I said my stepfather and I never really got along at Mm -hmm. all um So one day he had set me off and my mother had pulled in from work and I was getting ready to leave to go to work. And I had done something. I'm not exactly sure what I had did, um, but she could tell something was wrong. So she got out of her car and um, she asked me what was wrong. And I just looked at her and I said... I'm either going to hurt somebody or I'm going to hurt myself. What are you doing, Juliet? That that looks like it's so uncomfortable. (laughs) Juliet's wrapped up like a pretzel. (laughs) And so she said, okay, do you want to talk about it? And I said, no, I have to go to work. I don't remember the drive to work. I don't remember what my stepfather and I were arguing about. I don't remember working and I don't remember going home. So it was a very 
uncomfortable time in my life. So my mom actually went in um, side the house that that day that I had told her that, and she called the office, and um, they told her that the psychiatrist that she went to um, wouldn't see me until I was 18. So. I had to go to a child psychologist. It wasn't really my choice. I um, I didn't want to go. I wasn't open to going. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I knew that I had a problem. I just wasn't ready to um, discuss it. Um, I mean that's probably really hard going through that as a as a kid. Yeah. Um, but it probably. Do you think that made it easier for you as an adult? Charlie tried to bite my finger off. <laughs> she just tried to sniff it because she's nosy. I know. It looks like a toy, but you can't play with it. Yeah, it would be nice to her finger. What question? I forget. What did I just ask? Oh, do you think oh. going through that as a kid made it easier? Um, figuring out exactly what to do as an adult. Um, no. It, 10 out of 10 made it so much harder. Like, I just recently started, like, becoming more and more of an adult. Um, because I, going through that, um, it makes you, being bipolar, like, one of the effects is, like, you do very rash things for, like, because it makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. So, like, I had a really, really, really hefty savings account. I don't. I don't. Oh, no. Anymore. Because spending that money made me feel good, and at that point in time, I would literally do absolutely everything. You don't think of the consequences. Yeah, you don't think of the consequences because when you're in a manic phase, Mm -hmm. like that's your that's your high. Mm -hmm. So like you feel good for the very first time in so long, and um. (laughs) (laughs) She's thirsty. Apparently. So you feel so good and first after, you know, being laid up in your bed or, you know, trapping yourself in your house and isolating yourself from people that you literally just go and do like the dumbest shit you possibly can think of just because like and in the back of your head you're like, Wow, like I know that this is wrong and I'm gonna regret this later when I'm like rationally thinking about this, but you just don't care at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So I basically like fucked myself for a really long time because I didn't I didn't have like the parent, like like I said, like my real mother had gone through this. I didn't have the parent you didn't that have was structure. Like, yeah, and I didn't have that parent that was like, Okay, well you're going through the same things that I went through, so like here I'm gonna help you. Oh, okay. And I just feel like if I had the parent that was, like, here, like, I'm going to help you. Like, I know what you're going through. I probably could have, like, set myself up way easier than what I did for mm-hmm. now. Because I, I've been on my own since I was 18 and I'm 22 now. And I just got myself in a very stable, comfortable situation. Which I feel like is actually, you did a really good job. I feel like people spend their entire 20s focusing on not even they don't know themselves until their late 20s and that's when they start getting their shit together yeah so what did you do you said you're not on antidepressants anymore what did you do to like wean yourself off of that and what do you do now to help your mental health so i literally started looking up 
my medications and researching them and I found out like all the effects that they had on your body like your reproductive health and um, just your overall body like at all points in time and the one medication that I was on you were supposed to have like yearly blood work on um so but I didn't find that out until Hmm. um I think it was like three years of taking it. Mm-hmm. I didn't, they didn't like, the company didn't like release that fact that you're supposed to have yearly blood work on that said medication until after I was already taking it for three years. And also that medication, I, because I have a very addictive personality. Mm-hmm. When I find something that I like, I'm like instantly like addicted to it. Like I'm drawn to it. Like I got, I, I got my first tattoo when I was 16 and I'm 22 now. And there's a pl- plethora of more on my body. <laughs> and I literally, I, oh my gosh. So I get addicted to things and when I get addicted to things, I can't stop. So I have like that addictive like chemical in my brain, which is why I've never done drugs and I won't do drugs because I know I'll end up like a fucking crack whore in Youngstown. It's good that you recognize that. Yeah. So, and I don't want to end up a crack whore in Youngstown. (laughs) So I, um, my medication had like the addictive like thing for me. So, and it was my nighttime one. So if I didn't have my nighttime one, I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. I was up all night tossing, turning, or I would like get in that very like weird sleep stage of like I was awake, but I was sleeping, but I was still uncomfortably conscious of everything Mm -hmm. going on around me because now I sleep like the dead. Like, a train could probably, like, run through my apartment in the middle of the night, and I would have no idea. You don't take um, any, uh, what's what's that medication called? Melatonin. Melatonin. No, I sleep so much better now, actually, than I ever did on my one medication. So, as, like, and as far as, like, the weaning process had went, I had just woken up one day And I said, I don't want to take these anymore after I was, like, researching, like, reproductive health on them and this, that, and the other. And so I, like, I just woke up one day and was like, I don't want to take my medications. Mm -hmm. And the person that I was with at the time, I told them, like, I am going to be getting off my medications. Like, I'm going to be irritable. I'm going to be snappy. Um, if you want to stay away from me, I highly recommend it. Um, I will reach out to you um, as far as like if I want to hang out or mm-hmm. feel like anything um, just because I don't I, I don't want to like put you through my bitchiness. Yeah, did you have supportive friends around that time? Yeah, I really did. I really, really, really did. And I ended up, Like, my sleeping was so fucked for so, so long. Um, But I think after about, like, two weeks and it was actually out of my system, I finally got, like, a good night's sleep and I was, like, so comfortable in the sense, like, I wasn't going to rip somebody's head off. That's good. So, it, 
it just, it took a while to, like, get out of my body, but, like, now I'm not on anything, and I actually feel like a normal person, and, like, I feel all of my emotions. Yes. So it's kind of nice. I think I hear that a lot from people that take uh, medications such as that is it just puts them in a, what what you said, described as numb um, state of mind, I guess, and that's why a lot of people... um, go off medications but I feel like it's always good to see a doctor or a therapist if you're thinking about doing that um, so you can get expert advice in your case I know you did a lot of research and you're in the medical industry so you kind of trusted yourself in that sense um, but yeah I don't know. <laughs> yeah because I had called my doctor's office and told them simply I want to stop taking this medication, this, that, and the other. What do I need to do to wean myself off of Mm -hmm. it? They wouldn't give me the information because they didn't want me off the medication. They tried getting me to set up an appointment. And so I had set up an appointment to appease them. But by that point in time, I had already been off my medications. Um, By the time that my appointment rolled around, it would have been like three weeks off my medications. Mm -hmm. So I just, I called like 72 hours ahead of time and said, um, I'm canceling my appointment. I have been off my medication for about three weeks now. And so I just want to cancel my appointment and I'm done because they, I think like it also has to do like with big pharma. Like, I don't know. It really just has to like, they rely on the the sick and they rely on keeping people sick. Yeah. Yeah. And I grant it. Your bitch still needs to go to therapy and work her <laughs> shit out. Talk about the trauma and everything that I've been through and everything. And um, so recently I have done that with a close friend of talking everything out. And I slowly but surely am starting to like realize like I need to work on this. And I guess like a big thing that I do every night as I'm like getting tired and going to bed is... I will reflect on my day of like, oh, well, this really good thing happened, but I reacted poorly to this situation. Mm-hmm. So if that comes up again, how can I fix that to and do it better next time? Mm-hmm. Because how I handle situations is n- not good sometimes. Not always graceful, not the best. <laughs> um, Same. Like, I definitely can catch an attitude super quick um some days when I'm feeling irritated but I guess the biggest advice is and also with mental health is like if you're on a medication regimen one you have to want like you have to work with your medication to help you like it doesn't like you just don't take a pill and it automatically like makes you feel better so you have to work with your medication and then you have to um really like sit down and reflect on yourself about like how you can fix yourself because like yeah some medication's great and Mm -hmm. um there's a girl that I know she has the same exact thing I do um bipolar um anxiety and PTSD Mm -hmm. and um her medication works wonderful with her and she's got a very happy healthy life two beautiful kids um and everything and she said her medication makes her feel completely normal and 
like she feels all the basic human emotions. Mm -hmm. So like she got on a really good regimen and she works really well with her medication. So I guess it's just like people dependent and like back to the statement of you know your body better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. But you have to really, really work with everything if you do decide that you're going to take medication. Um, And you have to fight to know what's right for you because you know what you're feeling nobody else does unless you tell them um well said i mean in the end people are responsible for themselves and you can only help yourself you can't expect um other people to fix you or like you said you can't just pop a pill and it would automatically fix you so you have to take those steps to heal yourself um i mean everyone deals with mental health differently like i said i don't struggle from depression or anything but Uh, You still want to keep a good mindset about life. So a lot of people use nutrition or exercise, um, reading. There's tons of things you can do. Do you do any – what hobbies do you have, I guess? I, like – Or you just work all the time. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) The meme that came out that's, like, I go to – I live at work and visit the crib sometimes. That's me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was me before corona happened. So, I mean, I work a lot. So, but on, I have, how my schedule is set up, I have a six-day work week at the hospital. And then after my six-day work week, which includes my weekend work, then I have a four-day work week. Okay. So, actually, this, um, this week is my four-day work week. Um, And then I'm actually i'm off monday which is memorial day and it's just like a random holiday that i get paid for and i don't have to go to work that's awesome it's glorious so i get holiday pay and i don't even have to be there and um then i switch shifts with a girl she's working my tuesday and i um and i'm working her thursday so I actually have like a four day weekend. So I have Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday off. Party! Your Quiet. tummy's granny. Yes, it is. I love. I love it. <laughs> it's it's kind of a cool sound. Um, but so I mean, as far as hobby wise, like I absolutely I will read any and everything. Mm-hmm. So whether it's from poetry, like. Milk and Honey is definitely one of my favorite books. I can read that book in, like, two hours. Like, because I will literally sit there and I will, like, resonate, like, with the poem that I had just read for a while. But I could read, like, if I didn't stop and, like, think about it, I could read that whole book, like, in an hour. Like, all four parts and everything. That's awesome. I respect um, you for being able to read poetry. I, oh, God, I, I can't do that. All. Have you ever tried reading Milk and Honey? No, but I think I've heard of it, so I'll put that on my to-do list. I have it if you want to borrow it. I will let you bring it home with you. It's obviously not long if you can read it. No, it's literally just four parts. There's four parts to the poetry. I forget exactly what they're called, even though I've read it like a million times, but there's like... There's, like, happy parts. There's, like, sadness. There, it's, like, basically, like, a beginning to end, and it's mm-hmm. very, like, feminist-based. Like, and it talks about, like, sexual assault and everything like that. Um, so it's uh, it's beautiful. So um, I I can read any and everything, whether it's from poetry to Stephen King. Like, I'm reading Pet Cemetery right now. Um. I've tried to read. I don't know why I never got in Stephen King. Obviously, amazing, phenomenal author. For sure. Uh, right now, I'm reading this book called The Dorito Effect. 
Um, it's pretty much about like the history of flavor and how our society and culture has changed in the sense of food. And right now I'm just in the chapter talking about the, the addiction we have to sugar and how it's just changed our diet and the, kind of caused the obesity in America and all that kind of stuff. I've switched from, I used to be the biggest book reader back in the day, hundreds and hundreds of books um, a year easily. Yeah. And um, it was all fiction. And then ever since I read the book, I don't know if you've heard it, The Glass Castle. I've heard of it, yeah. By uh, Jeanette Walls. It's a memoir about her life. And ever since I read that book, I can't read a fiction, like I can't read a fictional book anymore. Um, that's long anyways. Um, I just always want to learn about what's happening, like what's real. Yeah. But I don't know. I I would definitely try to read poems though. Yeah. Because that's short. It's not. It's so short. And like, honestly, if you find like a really good poetry author, they're like you can't stop. Like you cannot mm-hmm. stop. And but I can read anything. Like my big, I love Nicholas Sparks books. Like I'm a, like I'm the mm-hmm. type of person that like I love You're love. You're one of those girls. Yeah, yeah, I love love, but like stay away from me because I don't, I don't want it. <laughs> but I love love, and but he is such a phenomenal author, also. And um, but like I'm on a Stephen King kick right now. I need, I need, I just need. To, uh, my favorite fictional book is called The Book Thief. I don't know who the author is, but it's it's around the Holocaust, and I love the perspective it takes. And it's it's obviously fictional, and the narrator of the book is death itself. Yeah. So they personify him, and he just kind of narrates uh, life during the Holocaust, and it's one of my favorite um, books. But my one of my favorite authors growing up was James Patterson. Yes. Um, he wrote the Maximum Ride series, and I was obsessed with those series i wanted wings so bad (laughs) for any of you that know what that is it's just pretty much about these kids that were kind of like tested on um they kind of became mutants uh the whatever facility worked on them they they caused them to grow wings from their backs and it's just about like their their adventures through life i guess that's actually pretty cool Mm -hmm. i think one of my favorite books because, like I said, I can read any and everything. So I've read a lot of, like, Christian author books. Because mm-hmm. um, that's also something that has really helped, like, with my mental health is, like, my relationship with God. Like, I'm not... I mean, I'm a Christian, and by no means am I a good one or a perfect one <laughs> or anything like that. But I try and um, at least talk with God at least once a day. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely i love christian authors i love them so karen kingsbury is a really really great christian author um also i don't know who wrote it but the book the shack oh my gosh i i know what you're talking about absolutely i love i mean i love that book Um, i read it on paper and then i got an audio book of it and i listened to it in my car for like the longest time and then i watched the movie i that book is so beautifully written and i love how they how the author like just wrote everything and how god was a black woman and Mm -hmm. there was like different like all beings i watched the movie and oh my gosh the book's even what 10 times better than the movie i had it i don't think i ever read it it was a huge thing uh when my grandma was terminal she she's a christian and she's 
uh, super faithful. And we so we went on a binge of just like watching those kind of movies with her. And I, she doesn't read at all. And I think that was the only book she ever finished for the most part um, with me knowing her. And um, no, that movie made me cry. It's yeah. so, it's an amazing. It doesn't even matter what, if you're Christian or not. It's, yeah. it's a really, really good movie. Um, it also has like the thrilling aspect of like the killer of it too like the ladybug killer that's in that it like the whole story is basically like revolved around the ladybug killer and so it's kind of like has that thrilling aspect in it but it also just has like that really good like faithful wholesome Mm -hmm. like feel good feel good aspect to it too and it's it's definitely it's a sad movie and it's a sad book but it's like thrilling but and it's exhilarating and uh, it just well any any religious movie movies or faith-based movies typically um have that feel good because while in the shack something awful happened there's just the aspect of there's heaven and all that kind of stuff yeah uh yeah so the shack came out in 2017 which I guess that makes sense why we were so obsessed with it at the time because that's when like that was the year my grandma died so like leading up to those those months when did it come out exactly I don't know I know we watched it so many times towards the end of uh my grandmother's life I'm trying to figure out the god in the Octavia Spencer that's her name yeah 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 she's god she plays the role of god in that and I love Octavia Spencer. Oh, yeah, for She's sure. Great. Wonderful actor. There's a handful. Actually, I don't know if I recognize anyone else in this movie. But I'm also really, really bad at um, remembering actors. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Some of these could be popular and I wouldn't know. But definitely, yeah, definitely recommend reading The Glass Castle. What, what was what poem book did you just say? Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey, which I'll read that fiction loved the book thief and watched the movie the shack i've been watching i spent a period of time not watching any television yeah and now that i'm staying at my grandpa's house um since i'm in town he he doesn't have wi-fi there so i can only watch movies yeah uh in the dvd player so i've been watching tons of movies one of them being i don't know what it was called but it was some christian movie I just turned it on to fall asleep to because the house is haunted. So yeah, having a TV on keeps the ghosts away, obviously. <laughs> um, but I I turned it. I feel like some Christian movies. I'm so weird about Christian movies because some of them are just like, did you have to be so generic and like cookie sure. cutter and boring? Yeah, they're like the shack's so unique, so amazing. The one I watched was like the typical story, not so this because is based on a true story, but of a little girl like it's diagnosed with this like incurable incurable disease yeah and it just goes through like the mother losing faith because why would god do that to her child da, da, da. and then something happens and the kid goes like dies and comes back and and is healed after that yeah and she's just like yeah you know god said when i came back i'll be all better <laughs> and i actually cried at the end of the movie i was just like she's alive she's good god healed her <laughs> yeah um I'm a huge movie buff, too, and then the Juliet helps me get through just about everything. My dad, um, because he's visiting right now, I was making dinner for him, 
And so I was obviously in my kitchen, Mm -hmm. and Juliet was out here with him, and I, like, peeked around the corner because I had heard him talking to her, and he was, like, laying on, I have a sectional, so he was, like, laying on the chase part, Mm -hmm. and um, Juliet was on, like, the main couch part, and she, like, had his head, like, because he has a beer belly, Mm -hmm. and she had his head on, or her head on his belly, and he was, like, talking to her and, like, petting her and, like, kissing her head and everything. And then, so I go back into the kitchen after I'm done peeking around the corner, and I hear him go, thank you so much for being you. And I was... He said that to Juliet? Yeah. Aww. And so, like, I, like, peeked so he, like, couldn't see me. And I hear him go... And you saved my little girl's life. And Aww. I can't thank you enough for that. That would have made me cry. Oh, my gosh. I went back into the kitchen and I was, like, <laughs> like trying to, like, stifle my tears. Because, like, I don't want him to know that I heard him. Because mm-hmm. I don't think he knew that I heard him. And um, he also told her, like, she's going to be a wreck when you die. And, which is so true. Like, I don't yeah. know, like, how I'm going to live my life Dog without a child. Her. Yeah, I he had picked me up and tossed me on the ground and had me pinned oh. and was over me. And Juliet came and she bit his neck. Like she lunged. She, yeah, she lunged at him. She grabbed his neck, opened her mouth back up, and then backed away from him. Like and, a warning. Yeah, until he like looked at her and he said, You need to get off me, otherwise she's mm-hmm. gonna wreck your whole world mm-hmm. and i mean what kind of dog is she she's a pit yeah okay is and it full or mixed she's full okay so exactly um yeah she can cause some damage yeah she really can like her bite force i think i just read something that a pit bull's bite force is like 278 pounds mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, all she did was give him a little warning bite. She didn't break his skin or anything. He just had, um, four little tiny bruises from her canines Mm -hmm. on his neck. Like, she didn't, like, fully bite and rip. Like, it was like a, hey, Mm -hmm. get off my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, and then one time he had had me pinned up against the wall and had, like, my arm crossing my throat and had me pinned more so in that way so like I really couldn't move and she grabbed onto his butt (laughs) and started like shaking him around a little bit um but he said you need to call her off otherwise like I'm gonna kill her and so I I called her off of him that's and, an abusive relationship. Oh, not to make light, we're not like just going over the fact that she's being abused right now. <laughs> but um, she, so I called her off, and but she stood guard like the entire time. And honestly, like she's probably one of the only reasons like how I got out because, like I more so didn't really care, but he had started abusing the dogs, and that's when you. And that's when I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's so the sad. line's drawn. <laughs> like, it's good. It's amazing that you got out of that situation, but it's so sad that it took not the harm that was being placed on you, but the harm that was being placed on your dog um, for you to make those changes. Regardless, though, you're out of that situation. You seem happy. We you're are. Not- we're happy and we're healthy. Huh. Yeah. Dogs are the only good partners. In yes. Life. 
And she is coming up on her sixth birthday in July. Wow. Don't lick the I face. Know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not a face licker. I'll lick your face. I'm kidding. You um, might get some excess hair on your tongue. <laughs> yeah, well, no thank you. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll kind of wrap this up since Julia is trying to eat the microphone. <laughs> eventually um it was nice talking to you do you have any wise words of wisdom or any anything else you'd want to say to wrap things up i don't know i don't i think i really said like, you did everything. pretty much take care of yourself do what's right for you fight for yourself hey that's not a toy on her hand you brat <laughs> trying to bite the bandage off my finger i bite your finger um but yeah Pretty much, yeah. Everyone stay safe during this COVID time. Everything's opening back up. So Hashtag fuck Rona. Fuck Rona. Just be... But do your part and yeah. make sure that you aren't being part of the spread either. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there's that... Oh, wait. One more thing. How do you feel about vaccines? For Rona? Uh-huh. Or in general? Okay. So I am totally pro-vaccine. Okay. Me too. Um, however... I I am not getting the Rona vaccine mm-hmm. because um they're not probably gonna do a test trial with it like a very it's extensive gonna, one, mm-hmm. and I am I refuse to put myself at that um I also um I don't the only reason I got the flu vaccine uh, last year was because uh, my work forced me to mm-hmm. um because I'm very anti flu vaccine because. The flu vaccine is actually last year's strain, not because the flu strain changes every Every year, year. Mm -hmm. and that's why people get it every year. So the flu vaccine for, like, say the flu vaccine for 2020 that they're going to start releasing, it's 2019's flu strains. So it, it's always a year back, so I really don't see the need in it, and I've, knock on wood... I've never had the flu, Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, the only reason I got the flu vaccine was because my work forced me to. Mm -hmm. I had to have it. Um, So I'm thinking about just saying I had a reaction to it so I don't have to get it anymore. (laughs) Maybe. Isn't there something? You can probably say you're allergic to something to not get it. If you're allergic to eggs, Mm -hmm. you can't get the flu vaccine because there's like an egg protein in it. Um that if you're allergic to eggs it will make you have like a severe allergic reaction wow um so but i mean it's just a shot it's really not that big of a deal but i really don't see the need in it Mm -hmm. um and as far as the corona vaccine i'm not because not until they do more research not until they do more research and they have like a full like thing on it which like I hate saying that though because like they use animals for it and that really irks my nerves like I won't use any makeup that tests on animals um but I and also like it's an animal not a human like it's different it's different like everybody's reactions are going to be different um no matter how close the animal is related to human Mm -hmm. life so Def- I I won't get it. I will not. I will not. And if the hospital makes it mandatory, I'm going to tell them to go eat shit. <laughs> um, but, like, as far as, like, regular vaccines, like baby vaccines and, like, your tetanus and everything like that, I'm totally for. I just got a tetanus shot yesterday. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> For your drill bit. I did. When I got bit by a cat, um, I had to get a tetanus shot redone, and I was like, fuck. Um, no, I'm definitely pro-vax. I'm a vaxxer. Me too. <laughs> That's not the right terminology, but um, I just list- I just read an article on herd immunity and pretty much the science behind that, and everyone does need to play their part. Um and in the sense of yes stay at home try not to spread the virus to anyone else but if you don't know what herd immunity is definitely look it up because the science behind that is really intriguing and interesting and i don't feel like explaining it right now but eventually we're gonna the goal is to create herd immunity for coronavirus as we've done with any viruses or diseases um in the past but yeah we'll end it on that note everyone stay home stay safe don't be dumb. <laughs> Work on your mental health and uh, have lots of sex. The end. <laughs> the end. Have a wonderful night, guys. Bye. Goodbye. We don't know what the hell we're doing. Welcome to Flick the Bean Podcast. What's going on, guys? I don't get you women. <laughs> Cue the intro. Cue the intro. Cue the intro.